Welcome to the Work Life Coach Podcast. I'm Leah May, corporate HR exec turned leadership and life coach. It's time to step away from the Sunday scaries, imposter syndrome, and burnout into self-leadership, emotional intelligence, and intentionality so you can build a fulfilling and authentic work life. Let's go. Hello, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. We just passed week one of the pod launch and your responses have been so incredible. Thank you so much for all the early love and support. And remember, every subscribe, follow, rating, or written review help tremendously. So if you're liking what you hear, I would so appreciate a few moments of your time to write a review, leave a rating, uh, so that more folks can find us and have an intentional work life. Now, for today's topic, I'm excited to share with you a tool that I give many of my overwhelmed and overworked clients. If you're anything like me, type A, highly organized and efficient, or, you know, maybe you're just a person with a lot of stuff to do, then you know about to-do list. In fact, the marketplace has grown so much, there are thousands of ways to track your list. Online, apps, every beautiful paper planner you can dream of. And honestly, I kind of love it. Now that's the adolescent in me who had 100 pen pals. Yes, like I actually corresponded with 100 different people across the world. My allowance as a child solely went to postage. So, you know, I was super cool. My in-person socialization skills maybe lacked, but I had a very impressive stationary collection. Okay, but back to to to-do list. They're so helpful as we manage our days, as we ensure that we don't forget anything important. And yet there is another type of list that's even more impactful the to-don't list. I knew immediately I wanted to share this tool with you after reading this next letter. Now, as I share this letter with you, I'll remind you, coaching is nuanced. Every person and situation, it's different. And what is right for the folks who write in may differ from your own circumstance. As always, use this conversation responsibly as a starting point for your own curiosity and exploration. So Alice, she, her, is writing in from Charlotte, North Carolina. She says, Leah, I'm so grateful for this new podcast. I have never worked with a coach, but I feel like you could be very helpful with my current predicament. Recently, I find myself in the midst of an overwhelming juggling act that has become my life. It feels like I'm constantly running in every direction, trying to keep up with the demands of work, home, volunteering, and more. I work as a project manager in a fast-paced company where deadlines are always looming. It's a demanding job that often spills into my personal time. At home, I'm a parent of two young kids, which basically means I'm on their schedule and I have little time left when they get to bed. On top of that, I'm deeply committed to volunteering with my local center for LGBTQ youth, which I'm passionate about, but it's become increasingly difficult to find the time. My days are a chaotic whirlwind, rushing from meetings to deadlines at work, and then trying to balance my family time. I'm running kids to the games and lessons, cooking, and then, of course, the never-ending household chores. By the time I sit down, I'm drained, and I have little left to give. I wake up the next day, and I do it all over again. I've attempted to organize my life, create schedules, make routines, but it's proving to be an uphill battle. I'm looking for advice on how to regain control and find some semblance of balance in my life. I want to continue excelling at work, be a dedicated parent, and support the youth center without burning out. Thank you again for being a guiding light and for considering my letter for your show. 
overwhelmed in Charlotte. Alice, Alice, Alice. First of all, thank you for writing in and for all the kind words. I am happy to help. And I know that so many others are navigating their lives in the same way, where it just feels like Groundhog's Day over and over, and the to-do list keep piling up. You mentioned you've tried to organize your life through schedules, through new routines. So in the vein of helping you create a life, work and personal, that you love, I don't just want to help you solve for how to fit it all in. I want to help you solve for how do you want your days to feel? When you go to bed at night and you're reflecting back on your day, do you feel successful, accomplished, well-balanced, rested, connected, engaged? What is that feeling state that you're going for? Now, I'm not saying you can flip this immediately overnight, but you can use this feeling as a guidepost for how to make changes in your schedule and in what and how much you choose to take on. So often we solve for how do I get everything done versus how do I want my days to feel? It's the difference between being unintentional and intentional. If I'm unintentional, when something comes across my email or something in the home breaks, or let's say I get an invitation to our friend's social group, I just tack it on the calendar or to my to-do list. Versus if I'm being intentional, I get to ask, does this match my current goal of how I want to feel? And does it fit into my priorities for what's most important in this season of my life? The unintentional responses, and I hear them all the time, they go something like, well, my boss just said it needs to be done. Or I'm a parent of young kids and that's just what this season is. Or it's just a busy time at my company. It will get better when dot, dot, dot. You and I both know that when never really comes. So a to-do list becomes a catch-all. You know, anything and everything that needs to get done ends up on this list. Now, it's a great way to track all of your thoughts, deadlines, stray ideas, you know, all those little tasks and even the big ones. But often there's no intention or prioritization and there's certainly no end to the list. I know for me, as soon as I cross one or two items off, I can think of three more that need done. Now, I am not hating on to-do lists. In fact, I quite love them. And I found some great strategies for making them incredibly useful. But the foundation of a wildly successful to-do list is the to-don't list. And the reason I want to share this tool, even though Alice didn't specifically say that she's keeping a to-do list, whether it's written down on paper, she's living you know, meeting by meeting according to her calendar, or if it's just a running tab in her mind, she has a lot that she's doing. So I want to begin by talking about capacity. If you're moving through your days unintentionally, then you're likely just squeezing in everything you can do. But I want you to stop and consider your ideal capacity, not just what you can do, but what fits when you're living the life you want to live. Here's a way to think about it. Have you seen those home organization shows where they take a mess, they buy the perfect clear acrylic organizers for every cabinet and every drawer, and voila, it is perfection. Fun fact, by the way, the home organization industry is now $12 billion a year. We over consumers have a lot of shit to organize. And then what happens? You get organized, everything has a perfect place, 
And in six months, you have to reorganize because it's a mess again. Things don't get put away just right. Now you've acquired even more things and the cycle continues. Because clutter is not an organization problem. Let me say that again. Clutter is not an organization problem. It's a quantity problem. Do you know that when you have less stuff, it takes less time to get and to stay organized? Your weekly cleaning and clearing away clutter can be manageable when you restrict the amount of items flowing through your space. As a side note, I like to keep a bag for donations going at all times. The moment I realize I don't love the fit or the functionality of something, or perhaps I come across something I haven't even touched in three months, it goes into the bag, less to organize later. So just like the items in our houses, we overestimate our capacity for what can comfortably fit into our lives. Can we jam it all in there and make it work? Sure. But over time, you're going to start to feel like Alice does in her letter, where every day is a race, where you're scrambling from one to-do to the next. Those days become weeks, weeks turn into months, and eventually you realize you've spent years of your life just working through the next to-do list. If you're feeling overwhelmed and like you're juggling too much, you likely have a capacity problem. Just like the closet in your spare bedroom or your garage, you have become the catch-all for the things that need done. So I want to walk you through how to make a to-don't list. We're going to start by making the list of everything we need to stop doing. Note, it's not just the task themselves, but often It's how we navigate our relationship to that task. More on this in a moment. But the first step, I want you to sit down and write down, and I mean physically write down, every single thing that you need to do over the next two weeks. Home tasks, work projects, social events, kid pickups and drop-offs, pet-related care. We're talking everything from changing the furnace filter and buying dog food to working on your presentation, responding to your boss's questions, and filling out your performance review. The next step, now that it's all out, I want you to put that away for a moment. I want you to connect with your body. Maybe this means closing your eyes and taking a deep breath. I want you to stop and think just for this season, and let's call it the next three months. How do I want my life to feel? Do I want more calm? Do I want to feel free? Do I want to feel engaged or connected to my community? What is the intention I'm going for when it comes to how my days feel? Step three. Now, what would you need to shift to create this feeling? You may not be able to overhaul your life overnight, but what is one shift that would get you closer to this feeling? Is it having three nights a week at home with no activities planned after six? Perhaps it's having one weekend day a month that's totally open on the calendar where you don't schedule anything at all. Perhaps it's having a three-hour block on your work schedule each week to do focused creative work without any interruptions, emails, slacks, meetings, none of it. Perhaps it's a calm morning routine with no scrambling and rushing to get out the door. Or maybe you're feeling disconnected. So is it having, you know, one friend date scheduled every single week? How dreamy are these possibilities? Or 
Maybe you came up with one of your own as I was sharing mine. As lovely as these sound, I can promise you they are not going to magically happen to you, right? We need two things to create any goal, an intention and a plan. So you've named your intention with how you want to feel, and now it's time to start creating the plan. Assuming that 99.9% of you listening have a capacity problem, I need you to brace for what I'm about to say. You ready? I want you to go back to your original to-do list, the one with everything on it for the next two weeks, and I want you to delete 20% of it. I know, I know, (laughs) much easier said than done. And you are gonna have to get creative. And honestly, you're probably going to have to feel pretty damn uncomfortable. But answer this question. If you had to, how would you eliminate 20% of this list? Could you ask a partner, a friend, a family member to take over or help with the kid pickups and drop-offs? Would you turn down the obligatory social events that you're just not really excited about? Maybe you would outsource the home repairs to a handyman or barter with your neighbor, offering to cook them a few extra meals for the help. Would you ask everyone in the house to add their grocery items to the cart in the shopping app and just pay for delivery instead of spending hours in the store? Could you say, this task is a task for someday, but just not for this season? And could you just say, no, thank you, to the PTA drive, to the book club you don't even really like, the busy work that distracts away from the meaningful work at your day job, the weekly check-ins that could probably be a bi-weekly or even just an email. Now, please don't come at me. I understand what I'm saying is drastic, but I can promise you with enough intention, it is feasible. Of course, I want to acknowledge that we all have varying levels of privilege, access, and resources. You may not be able to turn down everything you don't like, but with some experimentation and some curiosity, I bet you can reduce your load 20%. And not just by removing the item from your list, but also looking at your relationship with it. For example, I got tired of needing to run to the store when we were out of coffee or dog food. That chaotic energy of the extra errand just didn't feel good. So I changed my relationship with this task. Now, do I still need to buy those items? Yes. But I decided I can put them on an auto-renew delivery And it's one less thing that I have to think about each month. So I do the task, yes, and I do it differently and it feels better. Here's some more examples from my to-do list. I don't send out handwritten birthday cards to every friend and family member anymore. I just put them on my calendar and a voice note does the job. In fact, most people really enjoy a good happy birthday voice note. I don't allow myself to check my email 10 times a day. Do I still need to email? Yes. But changing the relationship there, I schedule about three check-ins a day so I can do plenty of focused work without getting distracted. I don't accept coaching or speaking opportunities for free, air quotes, exposure, right? Didn't feel well in my body, doesn't sit well. I don't say yes to those anymore. I don't do my own taxes. I happily pay my CPA. I don't attend a social event unless it's a full body yes. Even if the event is fun, If it doesn't meet the energetic goal of my week, then it's a no. I don't shop impulse or without a list. I keep a list of all the things I'm thinking of purchasing and I'll make one intentional purchase when I can sit and assess. 
I don't answer unplanned phone calls during my working hours. I don't accept every meeting I get an invite for. I intentionally choose them or I try to consolidate them with other touch bases. Now, this list that I just shared, it's been cultivated over time. And the best way to realize you need to create a to-don't is each time you add something to your to-do, check in with the energy of how it feels in your body. Does it match your energetic goal for the week? If not, how can you say no or improve it for next time? This is an example of proactive improvement. We're planning today for what will help us feel better tomorrow. The more to-don'ts you have, the better you're going to be at maintaining focus, preventing burnout, fostering self-discipline, and staying really intentional with your priorities. The most beautiful thing about a to-don't is it allows your to-dos to feel less chaotic and better in your body. And because you're proactively building and refining your to-don't list with intention, this is only going to get better in time. Anytime that you increase awareness and intention, only good things follow. All right, so the challenge is yours. Let's do a quick recap. Number one, you're going to dump all of your to-dos for the next two weeks on one list. Step two, you're going to name how you want your week to feel. This is not a head exercise. This is a heart exercise. So really tap into your body here. Step three, define one shift you can make that allows your week to get closer and closer to your feeling goal. Is that an open evening, distraction-free work time, connectivity with your community? And then step four, reduce your list by 20% and look for shifts to improve your relationship with items that remain. As you go along, note when new to-dos arise and get intentional. If there's still too much, you might need to repeat this process in a couple more weeks. You could also reach out and ask for more support from your friends, your family, your partner, or you could ask your boss to help you prioritize so you can get clear on what you can say no to at work. Just like the clutter we collect, it took time to accumulate, but with reflection and intention, you can feel lighter week by week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for being here, for tuning in, for leaving a review, for subscribing to the show. All of these actions help get the word out so more and more people can lead intentional and meaningful work lives. As a token of appreciation, I have a special gift for you. Head on over to theworklifecoachpodcast.com slash thank you, or simply click the link in the show notes for my library of free resources, worksheets, and exclusive content to help support you on your journey. Thank you for being a part of our community and I'll see you next time.